Hello, Firelighters. Thank you so much for being here. I know audio is an important part of your life. So just wanted to remind you that my audio course, 10 Pieces of Advice You'd Like to Have as a Child, is available on Listenable. You can get a seven-day free trial to listen to my course or the hundreds of other courses available on there. Just go to educationonfire.com forward slash listenable. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and thank you so much for joining us again here on the Education on Fire podcast. Today I'm delighted to be chatting to Iona Jackson. Now, Iona is the head of research at Jurio. She has 10 years of research experience across a variety of sectors and now leads a team of educational research specialists focusing on stakeholder feedback within schools. Iona is going to be talking to me about their latest research on quality, diversity and inclusion. And this report, titled Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Amongst School Staff, involved more than 16,500 respondents from 381 schools in England. It's the largest review of schools as workplaces. So this is a really insightful and fascinating conversation, which we'll get to straight after our sponsors. The National Association for Primary Education is a non-political UK charity. As Vice Chair, I'm delighted to be hosting six online CPD events to enable you to be supported as educators, no matter where you are in the world. To find out more information, go to nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. That's nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. Hi, Ona. Thank you so much for being here and, and being part of Education on Fire. Tell us about Egeria, what's it all about and, and what's your involvement in it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. Um, great to chat. Um, so I, uh, my name is Iona Jackson. Um, I head up the research team at Ajurio. Um, Ajurio is a software provider for schools. Um, so we have um, a kind of survey platform that schools can access to find out um, how their staff are doing, how their pupils are doing. Um, and some other kind of stakeholders within the school, so parents, governors, and so on. Um, it's all about feedback, so um, understanding kind of what what people's experiences are and, and what are their challenges, um, and that feeds into kind of schools action planning and, and finding out kind of where they should be focusing their um, their efforts. We tend to cover um, kind of well being, um, we, we as well as kind of more traditional learning and teaching and learning kind of curriculum based um, topics as well. So we've done um, a big study kind of the last four years running on um, staff wellbeing and working conditions. Um, And in the last year, we've launched a study on equality, diversity, inclusion, um, and also a pupil um, learning experience and wellbeing um, study as well. Um, I think we'll chat a bit more in more detail about the um, equality, diversity, inclusion one today. But uh, yeah, that's that's a quick summary of, of what the company does. Fantastic. And I think the feedback thing is a big thing. I mean, one of the things that I've been developing through Education on Fire is that the F for Fire is is actually about feedback. It's about not just perceiving what you think people know and what's under what their understanding is it's actually hearing it you know what mm-hmm. do people think how can you then interpret that and, and and move forward and I think often what you hear back is so invaluable and you you don't know till you ask those questions and, and I think it's a really important thing um, in so many different ways in education. 
Absolutely, yeah. I think it's it's kind of um, the you can, you can have kind of your your ideas about um, where to focus. And actually, as we as we chat more about the equality, diversity, and inclusion thing, we'll, we'll see kind of some big differences in how um, school leadership what what school leadership think the situation is compared to to what um, non leaders within the school um, and trust think. And it's sort of when you when you don't have that clarity and when you when you think you know the answer that could that could in some ways be more dangerous than than sort of thinking you don't know the answer um if what you think is is actually not quite um exactly how how your staff are feeling and 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 so on yeah um and just briefly just before we, we get into that research and everything um tell us a bit about the history of Egeria. how long has it been going and um and 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 sort of why this particular niche um to begin with Mm-hmm. Um, so we are seven, um, celebrated our seventh birthday in the summer, um, and um, the company was founded um, by um, two guys, Ernest, uh, sorry, three guys, Ernest and two men called Yanis, um, and um, they basically realised that there was kind of a gap in the market for this for this stakeholder feedback within schools. Um, so um, Ernest had been working on um, feedback within higher education um, as part of his university experience um, and, and just sort of was aware that there wasn't this mechanism um, within schools. Um, so work started, yeah, seven years ago, um, kind of really ramped up over the past three, four years. Um, and, and now we're kind of the leading um, stakeholder feedback um, provider within within the education sector in England. And just tell me a little bit practically about how it works in terms of getting that sort of stakeholder information, because I know as a parent and I know as a, a pupil from many, many years ago, the kind of the letter in the book bag that says, please let us know about this, this, this and this to kind of get some feedback is is um is a long way away from the sorts of ways that obviously that you can work now. So just give us a little bit of an insight into that. Yeah, so um, everything that we do is online. Um, so people can fill out the survey either on their computer um, or tablet, or they can fill it out on their mobile phone. Um, so the way that it will work is effectively a, um, a school will opt into our surveys and um, then they can kind of, we can we can create a version of the survey for each person in their, on their staff, um, or um, we can create links for um, parents and pupils to to take and fill out on whichever device they have um, available. We the way that we um, work is that each survey is relatively consistent from from one school to the other. So we we collect very large data sets so that we can provide a national benchmark, um, which allows kind of each school to see kind of how they're doing themselves, but then also how they're doing if you compare that to um, other schools across the country. Um, And we have benchmarks for phase as well. We have secondary, primary um, benchmarks as well. Um, And so, yeah, you'd basically um, get either a link or an email with a link inside it, depending on exactly how we set it up. And then you just um, click on from whichever device you're you're on and then um, click through the survey and and you can... um, Mostly it's kind of select select um, the answer from the list, but we have um, the option to give comments at each question and some questions that are purely kind of um, tell us your thoughts, um, ty- type in um, answers so that people can kind of really express themselves um, if they have something um, specific to say. Fantastic. So now take, take us into that research and, and, and some of the findings that, you, that you've come across. Yeah, so as I mentioned, um, last year we launched two new surveys. We launched equality, diversity and inclusion and um, pupil learning 
uh, learning experience and well-being um and the the one that we're going to chat about in more detail today is the equality diversity and inclusion or edi um survey um we we launched the findings from that report um the kind of initial findings from that report in june of this year um and we've been doing some further analysis over the course of the summer and we will be releasing kind of more information as the um term goes on um it's worth saying on the pupil um survey as well we'll be launching um our initial report on that later this year um but the edi report so the equality diversity and inclusion one um was the largest um study of school staff um in this area to date um, we had sixteen thousand five hundred respondents from 380 schools and we covered topics from kind of entering the school so your recruitment process um and then kind of on the job experiences of um, equality diversity and inclusion and then we also looked at um progression opportunities so um extra responsibility or promotion and so on um and we found kind of um as a quick summary of the of the sort of overview um we, we found kind of some quite interesting differences so the the overall scores um tended to be reasonably high. So, for example, um, four out of five staff said that they felt that their school was committed to um, promoting equality, diversity and inclusion in their workplace. Um, but when we looked at the differences between different groups, um, that was where kind of the really interesting stuff came out. Um, so we looked at the um, experience of people of different ethnicities, the experience of people of different um, genders, sexual, um, gender identities, sexual orientation, religion, um, and, and so on. We, we used the Equalities Act list of protected characteristics to guide our analysis. Um, and yeah, as I say, when we looked at the differences between different groups, that was kind of where things were really, really interesting. And if I, if I give a quick summary of those things, looking at, if we start with um, equality and um, inclusion as kind of as a pair, because we saw quite similar things across the two, um, we found that um, there, were, there were some clear differences between, between different groups. So as an example, we found that um, we asked the question, how equally um, do you feel staff are treated in your workplace? Um, and in response to that question, we found that um, white staff, men and staff without a disability um, were far more confident that staff were treated equally um, than their peers. Um, and on the inclusion side, we asked people how valued um, they feel within the workplace. And we found that um, kind of conversely disabled staff, minority ethnic staff and those who um, have a faith. So um, they're not atheist, but their religion is something other than Christianity. Um, each of those groups felt less valued in the workplace than their um, than their colleagues. Um, and we found that for some staff with kind of more than one of these protected characteristics. So, for example, um, a minority ethnic woman who has two protected characteristics because she is both minority ethnic and a woman. Uh, we found that um, for, for some staff um, with kind of two, two sets of protected characteristics, the experience could be um, even worse. So looking again at the, the question about how valued you feel, um, we found that kind of white British or Irish men were most likely to say that they feel valued in the workplace, um, more so than minority ethnic men and more so than women of, um, of any ethnicity. And we asked questions about kind of what, about kind of incidents relating to um, kind of inclusion, so and, and equality and so on. And so we asked 
um, people, whether or not they have experienced any kind of events at school, so comments, jokes, behaviour um, that, that felt offensive to them. Um, and we found, again, that a higher proportion of staff with protected characteristics have experienced um, one of these events. And also uh, a higher proportion of, um, of staff with protected characteristics were less like they were less likely to be confident that um, leadership would take action to kind of prevent these things from happening. Um, and then if I just look um, quickly at diversity um, as the kind of the third um, corner of the equality, diversity and inclusion triangle. Um, so we found that less than half of staff felt that their workplace is diverse. Um, and um, when asked whether or not their workforce reflects the student body, um, most staff again felt that that was not the case. Um, and when we looked at leadership, um, leadership teams were seen as less diverse than the wider staff body um, as well. So you've got less than half of staff thinking their workplace is diverse and then even fewer thinking that their leadership team is diverse. It was it was around a quarter of staff that felt that their leadership team was diverse. Um, and then just to, to wrap up that summary, there was there was something really interesting around leadership um, staff. So as I mentioned in the intro, um, leadership staff were more likely to think that their that kind of things were good. Um, so they were more likely to say that their workplace was committed to um, promoting equality, diversity and inclusion. They were more likely to say they feel valued in the workplace. They were more likely to say that everyone is treated equally. Um, and I think that's really, really interesting. We've we've had quite a few chats with um, customers and, and other people in the sector since. And, and that's been kind of a really standout finding. Because as I say, if, if, if you're the one that's kind of responsible for making this change, but you don't know that there's a problem or you, you think that the problem's not as big as it is then then it could kind of make it harder to, to yeah to sort of make those decisions about how to how to tackle it and how to move forward um so that's a yeah, really whistle-stop tour of the um of the of the findings for you no, that's fantastic and do you I mean I guess you know you're collecting data so you don't have any preconceived ideas necessarily of, of what you'd expect to come out of some of these things um did you find the results um surprising or or did you think actually I'm not surprised at that despite what of not having those sort of preconceived ideas what, what were your thoughts so the most surprising thing was was actually when we first started looking at it and we saw things like um, four out of five staff thinking that their workplace is, is committed to promoting quality, diversity and inclusion because uh, truthfully we expected it to be lower. Um, and actually that was what was really interesting and, and it was that kind of we hadn't looked in enough depth at that point when we looked at this as kind of an overall result because the reality is that that those who are in the majority group are also in the majority in our overall set and so um they their their results being higher was kind of inflating the overall results so i think that sort of it gave us a bit of pause for thought but then obviously the moment we kind of dug a little bit deeper it became um that was where it yeah it was sort of clear that and we were sort of finding things that we things that we expected um and we've had yeah since since then we've had a lot of chats with with people within the sector and um in particular we we we've spoken to uh, an example would be amy ferguson who we worked um with on a, a different podcast actually um she she is a um lgbt black um teacher and and she sort of said it's not surprising to me um i i have lived 
this. I've got peers and friends who have lived this. Um, she was really pleased that the data exists and that now we can sort of say like we have numbers to back up these people's experiences. Um, but it was, yeah, it was kind of not a surprise to her that it was kind of there were there were people of um, certain backgrounds who were finding it more difficult um, than people of other backgrounds. And how do you think people will take this moving forward? You know, so for example, like you said, leadership teams who thought that there was um, opportunity and it was much more equal than maybe other people felt. Um, I'm assuming they, could, they they'll want to take this understanding and and change their perception in some way. But is it a perception change or is it a kind of a a kind of an on the ground change in terms of structure or or policy? Um, how do you think it's going to develop? Uh, well, so far, um, it's been a um, a perception change moving into starting to plan um, actions. Um, so, so we've had kind of really good chats with with different. Um, different customers so different trusts across the country um and each each time we've had a sort of a really interesting chat and they've they've come up with ideas on on what they're going to do next so um some some schools are are thinking about their recruitment in particular and saying kind of we're going to have a look at each point within the recruitment process and and not only look at who's been kind of progress to the next stage but who hasn't been progressed to the next stage and, and is there a pattern in the people that we're either kind of not putting forward to interview in the first place or the ones who are almost making it is there someone who was seemed like a really good option but just something about them didn't make didn't quite feel like they'd have the confidence or, or something like that and and if you look at that over time is there kind of a, pas- a pattern starting to um emerge um in other schools we we've been talking about kind of um reverse mentoring so pairing um a member of the leadership team either with a um pupil or with a more junior member of staff to kind of understand people's experiences one-on-one and and sort of yeah get kind of a little bit more um FaceTime with <laughs> with with someone from who who's not kind of within the leadership team um and then kind of more traditional mentoring as well so um, there's a, f- a fair number of schools we've we've chatted to who are implementing um, a mentorship program with junior members of staff who are from um, kind of protected characteristic backgrounds um, and um, working with them to kind of firstly help them get the skills required to, to kind of progress within the organisation and also get the confidence. So um, people who sort of didn't think that they should bother applying because there's no one in, on the leadership team who looks like them or um or something like that kind of trying to break down that, down those barriers and and yeah building starting within the business and within the organization to to grow the to grow their staff and and um and, and go from there and and it, it seems to me that um the the data is the great starting point because you know across the board what people think generally but I guess the next stage is those real conversations isn't it and I, and I think when you're talking about confidence you know that you know not going for a job because you don't believe you would have a chance or 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 deciding that I can't even say anything despite the fact I might feel aggrieved about something um it, I, it just struck me about the whole kind of undercover boss program you know that mm-hmm. kind of the conversations which are real between two co-workers which is very different between like say a leadership person and then an employee or and and that kind of thing and I, and I think 
however they can have those conversations in a truly open forum yeah. um that has to then have that sense of um togetherness and, and working together and an environment of of trust which then i guess starts to really make those changes a reality yeah i think that's right and actually as you're, as you're speaking I, re I remembered another um another school who's putting together kind of working groups of um leadership middle leadership not leadership um pupils and in some cases parents and and trying to get that kind of um mix of voices in a room and and kind of yeah empowering people to have those conversations but i think as you say it is these are still kind of like structured conversations and um organized and, and sort of saying like we're inviting you to tell us um to tell us what you think um and truthfully with a lot of schools that is the right place that we're at the starting point um and um this the work done with us is kind of that opening up that dialogue and saying we're here to listen we want to know we want to understand um and then starting to build that kind of culture of of discussion and and of of feedback within the school um i think that this is this is kind of a this is a know what you know kind of situation that if you don't know the situation you can't you can't fix it and and i think with our work we're at that kind of early stage yes yeah, let's see the lay of the land um and then let's go from there and and i think we've got some customers who are hoping to uh, run the study again with us um this year or next year and, and sort of understand okay that was where we are that was where we were in 2021 um we've put in these um instruments since then these kind of actions and we've we've done this work on um on across the school on trying to kind of improve things and then taking a, a, the survey again and sort of seeing have they made have these actions had the impact that they were that they were hoping and I guess there's always the sort of the two sides of the coin, aren't there? There's like say the policies and things that you can implement that you, you hope will make a big difference. Um, and the thing that always strikes me on the podcast is whether it's colleague to colleague, whether it's pupil to pupil or, or teacher to pupil, it's all about individual learning and individual connection and understanding. And I think even opening up the the idea that you can have an honest conversation and it be okay you know understanding that everybody is seeing everyone for who they are you know whether it's a leadership seeing a, a, um, a, a someone um, of a, a different part of the school or vice versa that it actually we all know where we're coming from and if we don't know where we're coming from or what our preconceived ideas are or what our thoughts are or our limiting beliefs or whatever that happens to be that's okay and we can have a conversation about that or we can at least have an environment that we know we're supporting each other to, to improve that situation and like I say it's a it's an ongoing conversation it's an ongoing process it's something which you have to work towards and with and be in the middle of and and I think each of those personal conversations you have each of those connections you have each of each time you have the ability to share what's going on that has to be sort of putting the right foot forward in, in, in terms of making a difference. Yeah, I think absolutely. And and um, you started that um, question mentioning about kind of policy and, and sort of um, you can you can implement, you can sort of define a policy and, and so on. But it's how how that then kind of actually comes comes out across the business. And, and I wonder with the um, leadership scores being higher, um, there's there's a good chance that that's because not it's not a simple kind of ivory tower issue it's not that the leadership are disconnected it might it might be in in some or many cases that actually 
they have been doing a lot of work on um, EDI. They have got a load of policies in place. They are implementing these changes. And so they truly and rightly believe that their workplace is committed to EDI, but actually it hasn't had the impact yet that it, it hasn't had time to have the impact yet, or they've, they've done these things, but actually they weren't the things that the, that their staff needed or, or that would really signal to staff that they were committed or, or something like that. I suspect there is a good chunk of our, um, our leadership. I wouldn't like to guess whether, I wouldn't like to guess how many of, the, how many of our leadership um, respondents were in this camp versus kind of, yeah, not understanding the, the situation, but um yeah, I think there is probably a. It, it's not all. It's not all a cynical um, <laughs> situation. There is. There is probably a large chunk of people that are genuinely trying. Yeah, I think that's true, and I, and I think also that separation of kind of education at the moment is a marketplace in terms of you know a school perceived in a certain way, the way it wants to show what it's doing, its results. Um, everything that we've been talking about today and with that comes a lens isn't there that and and i think being able to sort of have that lens which i guess you've got to whether it's reporting to the governing body whether it's Ofsted, whether it's your general perception of where you are in in the education world or what you want that to be also with that kind of reality of kind of if we want to make change and we want to improve things or like i say we even want to have that conversation you still people especially in leadership you're still holding both both of those things in your in 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 your hands at the same time and having to work within that and i think like i said i guess again it's that conversation of kind of knowing this is what's happening here this is what's happening here and how you know great leaders are able to kind of work with that and change that and morph it and and get people to be included in what it is that they're they're trying to do which is obviously a much more much more detailed and and an ongoing process um so let's just go into your school experience a little bit now in terms of, you know, d- does this resonate with something that happened to you when you were younger or was there a teacher or, or, or a situation which has had a, a positive experience or, or something you'd like to share? Um, so I actually went to a girls' school um, in Hertfordshire um, and I have reflected on and off kind of throughout my throughout my life, kind of I wonder how much different it might have been if I hadn't gone to a girls school um there's there's certain things where I I know that I've kind of I went to I started at uni and I would kind of do something that other girls would be like we that would have been people all the boys would have been like why are you that's so weird why are you doing that and I didn't it didn't occur to me that it was a weird thing to do because it was just we were just all sort of yeah wandering down the hallway having whatever chats we wanted about whatever topics we wanted and um didn't didn't feel the need to kind of yeah center ourselves or, or fit in with 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 boys um so I, I I often think that there's there's kind of that's certainly that's certainly one side of things but I also wonder about um like the 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 path that I've taken so I've always been quite um outspoken I've always been quite sort of um more on the stem side of things so I did a, a degree um in maths and um have always kind of yeah liked like that kind of that kind of uh, <laughs> subject over the more kind of creative side of things, um, and obviously it's, there's a really <laughs> good chance that that would have been the case in any school. But I, I've often kind of reflected. Yeah, I wonder whether or not I would have been quite so quite so uh, noisy, quite so sort of happy to to just have a put my hand up and get the answer wrong or, or and so on. Um, 
so yeah one of those things where I can't possibly know whether or not it has had an, had an impact because I've, I've only done school once um but yeah I've, I've, I've often kind of thought that that might have might have had an impact yeah I really love that because the thing is is that you only know what you know you know you, you're surrounded by your community and whatever that looks like is is all there is and I think that the most important thing is that kind of you learn from where you are and you ask questions and you take on whatever the next step of that is like you say you know you're not at an all-girls university so life then changes you know and mm. you start to, you start to realize that there's 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 other things going on and their their life situations and their experiences are different as well and I guess that's where kind of inclusion and diversity and understanding and acceptance comes in that no matter what anyone's perception is it comes from somewhere and and like we said you know the data that you've been doing and all of all the great work is comes from then being able to sort of dilute that and have a dialogue about that and understand what that then means to move forward and I think mm. when you feel like the whole thing is fluid and it has a um, a, a projection and an understanding and and a way of moving forward in everything that we're doing then I think that's great and I think it just comes from those sort of like say, the perception of what you're doing and an understanding that we all are basically a product of what we know <laughs> and so yeah. the more we can share information and the more we know and then we can make changes when we think it's appropriate so I think, I think that's a great example of, of, of how that works and like I say you can only do it from your own standpoint mm, yeah now is there a piece of advice you've been given which really struck you'd like to share or was there any advice you'd give your younger self now looking back that you think would uh, would have had a, a positive impact on your life yeah, I was thinking about this. And actually, I think the answer is the same for both of those two things. So I was given a piece of advice that um, I wish I could have told my even younger self um, <laughs> earlier on. So uh, when I first graduated, um, I was on a, a grad scheme um, working in a research company. Um, and there was two, uh, there were two of us on the grad scheme in my um, team. Um, it was me and a, another girl. And she was kind of... Um, I thought I was conscientious, but she was the embodiment of conscientious. She, she kind of, um, she, everything that she did kind of looked really neat, um, was kind of, she was really, really good at kind of working through the the processes and, and kind of getting everything done. And I, I was a little bit more, um, slapdash. I, I was sort of my, my attention to detail was not quite as strong as hers. And, um, yeah, I sort of, I would always be, looking at reports that she had made or kind of work that she was doing and thinking wow that looks really amazing I'm I'm so behind um this is yeah I, I don't know I don't know I'll ever be as good as as good as her sort of thing um and our boss our, our kind of team head said to me like you're not you don't make charts that look as neat as hers you don't make them as quickly as she does but you do this other stuff and um you are kind of yeah you can you can do a presentation you can do these things you can kind of pick an idea and run with it and and all of these other things that she kind of pointed out to me that were also useful skills um and kind of said you're not you're ba she basically said you're both really strong at different things and you're both um kind of yeah brilliant in your own way I kind of from then on I was sort of the other things the bits that I wasn't good at I I was able to direct attention to to get good enough at um but then actually I spent my time focusing on the things that I was exceptional at and that I enjoyed doing and it kind of gave me energy and, and I could focus in those areas rather than sort of being bogged down by the bits that I wasn't um 
I wasn't as good at. And it was sort of once I'm past that threshold of this is fine. Um, I'm now kind of don't need to worry about that anymore. Keep doing fine in that area. And I'm really focused on the things that kind of make me me and make me a valuable um, kind of employee um, and colleague and so on. And um, that's been really, really useful and, and both of us have have we've kind of followed similar but really different careers um both doing um well both I think really happy with with what we're doing um and clearly from where we are now we were on a path that was right for us at the time um but it just yeah because I was comparing she was my main point of comparison it was it was kind of yeah, it just felt like I was I wasn't kind of doing enough. Um, and so yeah, I think that's that piece of advice has been really, really valuable. And I, I wish I could have told <laughs> to, I could wish I'd sort of started thinking about that earlier that my strengths um and my strengths and my weaknesses are things or even in fact someone else's strengths aren't necessarily my weaknesses. <laughs> I think Absolutely. It's, it's really it's really yeah, useful advice. Yeah, I think I think that's fantastic. And there, there are two two or three things that I'd pick up on is the fact that I think there's something about education which is meant you're meant to be amazing at everything <laughs> um and and like i said that can be across the academic spectrum it can be about you know skills and understanding it and where your personal strengths are and i think understanding that that's not the case um i, I was having a conversation with someone recently we talk about the olympics it's like the person that wins the hundred meters doesn't usually win the javelin or mm. or the hockey <laughs> for yeah. example you know you know you might you're all amazing olympic athletes but you have different skills and different specialities and walking into that and i think the, the other interesting thing i really liked was that idea of a threshold you know the thing about being at school and education is that you know we'd like everyone to have a good foundation in education and exposure a broad horizon of, of what it is that we want people to understand and from that you work out like say what you're good at what you're interested in what you're inspired in and and then you can use those skills and like you say that's the thing about working in a team you can delegate those other things to someone who loves the fact they can do a fantastic graph <laughs> as you mentioned and i'll go and do this because i'm really good at this and the combination of us together makes something really fantastic happen and i think embracing that like you say and and, and that's why I love these conversations, because it's like you only know when you're told or you only know when you learn it in some way or another. And I think just hearing those things and I think sometimes we kind of know that's the case, but we don't feel like, it, you know, I need to be 100 percent. I need a straight A student in everything. I need to be good at all these different elements that I'm doing. And exactly. I certainly, I certainly have that same feeling. I'm a, I'm a percussionist, you know, and basically we play anything that you hit or scrape or make and <laughs> make a noise with. But within that, not everyone's brilliant at all of that. You know, we have our specialities. And yes, we have, a like you say, this benchmark of what we can do across the board. But there are certain things where you just know, yeah, that person's the one that can play with their hands. And this person wants to play drum kit. And this one wants to play timpani or whatever. And and it's, I think it's such an important thing and a great thing to share. Mm. So just as we wrap up, is there a resource that you'd like to share with us? And this can have something that's had a big impact on your life, but it can be a song, a video, a film, a podcast, a book, it could be absolutely anything, but something which really sticks out for you. Um, so yeah, again, I, I was having a think about this one and um, the there's, I, I think uh, whenever I think of the musical Hamilton, um, I just think, I just think it's so, it's just such a feat of kind of, like music but also I think it's just I, I love the way that the um creator so Lin-Manuel Miranda um I love his kind of story um so he was um 
he was basically frustrated by the lack of um, diverse representation on Broadway. And um, he kind of, his response to that was to create a musical that had an all non-white cast. And he started within the Heights and, and that became pretty successful. And then he went on to creating Hamilton, which is extremely successful. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the, whenever I listen to it, so I, I listen to it when I go for runs in the morning and I have seen it um, in the West End and also uh, watched it on Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I just think, yeah, whenever I watch it, I think both this is incredible musically, um, but it also makes me think about, yeah, kind of the journey and kind of the his determination that that this world isn't built for me, so I'm going to build a world <laughs> that that is built for me. Um, and obviously he, he had... Um, that wouldn't be possible for many people in, in that situation. But I think the fact that he he was able to do it is, is yeah, just really, really incredible. And it, um, I think it's, yeah, worth all of the fuss um, <laughs> that surrounds it. There are there are many people in our house who would completely agree with you. I have to say, um, and and I, and I think is is a final point, which really I think is important. Is I love the fact that what we're talking about there is creating a world or a vision or something which reflects what it is that you want to see in the world. You know, it's not about how can I change this particular musical, which has always been like this, to look a slightly different. It's kind of this is how I want something to be and I'm going to create something you know it's still like I say it's in the West End it was on Broadway but it 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 started from a different place it wanted to be a reflection of something different and that in turn has changed the way musicals are perceived Mm -hmm. now in terms of what's being created and what people are enjoying and wanting to wanting to take part in and be involved in and I think from an education point of view that's a really fascinating thing because we often feel like we need to tweak something to make a bit of a difference to make it look a certain way and sometimes just I guess you can call it thinking out of the box which is quite hard to do in education sometimes but just let's think about what we'd like it to look like or what we would like our environment to be and let's put that in place and allow that to grow and I think that's a much more organic and an authentic way of of our education um, world of being and and I think yeah that's a great way of rounding up both what we started with in the beginning in terms of what we were talking about all the way through to the reality of how that becomes a reality in the world so mm. fantastic Iona thank you so much for your, your insights and obviously your fantastic knowledge in in all of these things and and I and I love the way that the data and the way that companies are working within education and, and that whole kind of um community and I, I think it's a word we come back to a lot here but I think it's that breadth of community and like say different stakeholders and in inverted commas about what we're trying to do and how we're trying to improve the lives of everyone involved in education and obviously how that filters through for the pupils as well so yeah brilliant thank you so much thanks ever so much Thank you so much for listening. It's such a pleasure to be able to bring you such wisdom and inspiration. If I could ask you to do one thing, please share this podcast with one other person just so that we can really make the most of our ripple effect of being able to just reach as many people as possible. And that way we can make the biggest difference in the world. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about the community and how to get involved, please go to educationonfire.com forward slash fire. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the 
lighting of a fire.